0: Welcome to the Doctor's Podcast, Health Tips Weekly, Episode Eight: Duty Before Self. How a Frontliner Rises to COVID-19 with Dr. Jasmine. Hi everyone! Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Doctor's Podcast. Today we have Dr. Jasmine here, who joined us in our podcast episode four to talk about dental health. And do check it out. So. Let me introduce Dr. Jasmine again. She is the dentist working in Clinic Pergigian Parit Baru, which is located at Sabak Bernam, Selangor. Hi Dr. Jasmine, so glad to have you on the show again. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm great. I'm actually really excited to film this, uh, to record this podcast. Exciting topic. Okay, great.
0: So Dr. Jasmine have actually been actively volunteering to help out with the Malaysians during this COVID-19 pandemic. She is one of our COVID-19 task force on our Doctors' app to give out consultations or answer questions from the public regarding health concerns for free. She has also volunteered herself as the first liner in COVID-19 health screening. Dr. Jasmine, would you like to describe about your role on that?
1: Yeah, so um, what I did as a front liner was uh, I basically sampled people what that means is that i took swabs of people whether it's from the nose or the mouth or the finger prick thing you know um, the antibody test
0: that's basically what i did okay i see so uh may i know where's the location that you did it at oh i did it at uh so i
1: volunteered as a frontliner in kl i don't know if i'm allowed to say where i volunteered to be specific But remember when our cases were at hundreds in a a day, in one day we'd have like a spike of a few hundred cases in KL, right? I was sampling those people. Basically, I was sampling the parties, the pendatang asing tanpa izin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's right smack in the middle of KL. And that's one. And I also volunteered at um, around like Sentul area, um, proper KL area, like Pudu areas, like these kind of areas as well as KLIA
0: and KLIA too. Oh, I see. Uh, so you would go around in the KL area, is it? Is, there's no like a fixed spot. Uh, there's no
1: fixed spot. Can't really have a fixed spot really, if you think about it, because once we're done uh, sampling this amount of people at this area, we have to move on to the next area. We have to cover as many areas as we can. So basically, there's no fixed spot.
0: Ah, uh, I see. Is it on daily basis? Yes, I actually worked six
1: days a week sometimes seven days a week.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Can you roughly brief us through the process of how you sign up for it? Okay. Signing up was
1: pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward because I do work with the government. I'm working with the Ministry of Health Malaysia. Um, when MCO was enforced, I volunteered myself. I uh, went through uh, JKN. Jabatan kesihatan Negara and um, I gave my name and Malaysia needed volunteers because a lot of people weren't actually volunteering for obvious reasons because it's really really scary especially if you have a uh, family of your own you know you wouldn't want to bring it back yeah so that's how I simply gave my name I'm sure it's different for someone who's actually in the private sector to volunteer I'm not too sure what the procedure is like but if you're working with the government you
0: just need to give your name to JKN and they will pull you in. Ah, oh, I see. That's a very brave thing to do, actually. So what was the motivation that makes you go for it, despite the risk that you had to take? Okay, Um,
1: I would say I'm a pretty patriotic person. And, you know, being a dentist, being in the medical field, you have to put, to a certain extent, I do put Malaysia, the country and people first before myself. And when I say that, I'm talking about the pandemic right now. It's simply my love for the country that is why I volunteered. I know how much I want to help and I did not even complain a little bit when I had to do some work when I came home or I had to stay a few extra hours after. Uh, you know, I never, I never complained because I just love Malaysia so much that I'm willing to actually do it again. Like, you know, if they were to call me and say, Dr. Jasmine, I need you to come in to um, swap more people to do this, to do contact tracing, you know, whatever it is, I would do it in a heartbeat. I see.
0: That's really like a brave thing and selfless. A lot of people will say it's a thick layer of PPE and it's a full attire and it can be very tiring, very hot, very draining being in it. So what is it like for you being in a full PPE for the whole day? Like, how did you feel? Oh my god, okay.
1: This question, right, Charlotte, is... Okay, being in a PPE is crazy hot. It's You can't really breathe so well because of the mask we wear. We're wearing a... um kn95 or an n95 you're basically breathing in moist air that's essentially what it is and uh once you wear the ppe it's uh it's a hazmat suit once you wear that your movement is very limited like studies and research has been done where the norm uh the normal number of hours one should be in a full uh ppe is about four hours max max four hours I have once been in a PPE for eight hours straight. That is crazy. Wow. It feels really hot. It's very overwhelming. And if we have a lot of people to sample, to swab, um, it gets very, very tiring. If you're doing it in uh, under the sun, like when I was in KL, I did it under the sun. It gets very, very hot. And um, to a certain extent, you feel like, because you can't really drink water as well, because you can't, uh, you can't remove your mask just to drink water, you can't remove your face shield just to drink water, you will risk yourself of being ex- exposed to the, uh, to the virus. So you really have to withstand 8 hours, 4 hours in the, in the uh, hazmat. And actually, uh, I'll tell you a little story. Once when I was in KLIA, I, I was actually quite... Um, I was going around in my Thai bag, so I was very... I was active, right? I had a guy come in, a passenger, come in, he sat down and I was going to take his swab. When they come and sit down, I will will basically uh, brief them on what I'm going to do, what they should expect as to not frighten them because people are already really scared. Uh, So while I was explaining to him the procedure and how I'm going to go about uh, swabbing him, I was running out of breath. It was very, very difficult to breathe and uh, he could see because I was literally just gasping for air. I had to tell him, you know, I'm sorry, but I just need a minute because it's really difficult for me to breathe. And he felt so sorry. It's, bless him. It's really nice to see that people like that are understanding. And he actually apologized. He said, I'm sorry that that you're actually struggling to breathe. He said, it's okay, take your time. You know, that's how difficult it gets to the point where you have to tell your patient, hang on, give me a minute. That's one. And another story is, um, I was in KL. It was, this was the day where I sampled people for eight hours straight. I was crying in my hazmat. it was that overwhelming. It's that, that hot. It, it kind of, it's not just the fact that it's hot, you know. It's the fact that you're dealing with a virus. You're dealing with something that's deadly. And it takes effect on you mentally. It's not, to, not just the physical constraint, but it's a mental constraint as well. So it was difficult, you know. I just wish people actually appreciate the frontliners way more than they actually do right now. And when I say that, I mean by simply abiding by the SOPs. Because if yeah. people don't abide by the SOPs, our our effort is just going to go to waste. And it's from what I, the stories that I just told you, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty something, right?
0: Yeah. I think the frontliners are really great and they just did the most selfless thing to help with the country, help with everyone out there. And I think most of the people out there actually do appreciate it. Just like the guy that you were saying, it was really sweet that he actually understood it and he gave you words of encouragement and gave you some time. Yeah. Yeah, It was really sweet. I was actually very touched that he was very in touch
1: with his emotional side. It was very nice to have someone appreciate you.
0: Yeah. So during this period, what were the sacrifices that you had to make? Oh, I had to... Ah, uh, it was very tiring. I sacrificed my sleep
1: <laughs> a lot. I sacrificed my sleep a lot because sometimes I'll be working really until really late and then I have to come home and there's like this whole procedure before I enter my house. Um, I'll get to that later. Yeah, so you, you can't really sleep so much Basically, when even when when I first started when I first began volunteering, I was really scared. I was actually very scared. As much as I may seem brave, it is very normal for a human being to despite being brave be scared. You know? It was a, it's an initial reaction. The first place I volunteered was it basically looked like a war zone. There were barbed wires everywhere, there were army personnels with their rifles everywhere. There were police officers everywhere. Roadblocks were everywhere. It was mad. I had nightmares. The first two weeks of uh, volunteering, I had nightmares every single night. Because that's how scared and that's how much overthinking I did. Because I lived with my mom and my brother. Yeah, and me myself catching the virus. Yeah, so sacrifices I did was that. You know, mom. My, my mom was worried and stuff as well. Of course, like a normal parent would be. Uh, aside from that it's just very small things like sacrifice my time and all of that and but that's what I want to do you know so it's not really a big deal to me the sacrifices that I made wasn't really I did it because I just love my country
0: you know Mm -hmm. yeah so you were mentioning about losing sleep and night. what what makes it um that way is it because of the stress that you're going through or is it because uh at certain times the late nights you still need to go and shift Oh, uh I had nightmares because I was overthinking things. I was
1: thinking, oh, what if I don't wear my PPE properly, and what if I breathe in the virus, or what if a patient coughs in my face? Although I did have a face shield on, what what if uh, I bring the virus home? What if other people catch it from me? You know all these what ifs, you know, and what if I catch the virus and I don't survive. You know like will people still remember me you know stuff like that like small small stuff like that
0: so it's the fears that's catching you
1: yeah yeah it was the fear and i was not the only one who actually had nightmare, nightmares i spoke to a few of my colleagues as well and they themselves had nightmares i listened to different podcasts as well and other people other frontliners did have nightmares
0: it is. It is totally understandable. In such situation, the virus is scary. It can be deadly, and you are facing it every single day, being put in such high risk. How was it on your family and friends' side? Are there any like friends who are avoiding you or? Anything? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> speaking of people avoiding me.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I'm sorry. It's a really funny thing, because people actually were like people that are really close to me that my best friends right would actually avoid me like you know they would say okay so uh just to put it on the record i the entire time i um was in kl volunteering i did not go out and meet people i literally came back from work was in my house the only time i left my house was to go to work to volunteer right so the effects that i had with my friends was uh so once i was done volunteering uh when i volunteered i volunteered in um it wasn't like continuous three months you know it was a month and a half and i took a little bit of a break and then another month and a half so once i was done with the first month and a half i actually asked my friends you know like you know let's hang right Let, let's let's go out and they're like uh Jasmine, actually, when was the last time you volunteered? Yeah, and I would give them the date and they would say, actually, I think we should wait two weeks because that's the incubation period, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they make absolute sense. I'll give them that. They make absolute sense. It's it's right to wait two weeks to before we I hang with them. Absolutely. But don't forget, I'm also a human being, right? So... I, I actually was upset. You know, I felt hurt. You know, if they don't ask you like, you know, how was it? How did it go? Blah blah. Like, you know, how are you feeling? None of that. It's just straight away. When was the last you volunteered? Okay, maybe let's just wait two weeks. Okay. Ah,
0: you okay, know, while I think they were so- actually scared of it. <laughs> yeah, they it's are. A fear that. <laughs> to them. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so that made me feel very um inferior. It made me feel not very important and um but still you know listeners out there y'all need to know that i know what they said was logical um uh, to wait two weeks but remember i am a human being so that's the implications my friends had on me uh <laughs> my family they they were fine they were okay because they knew what i was doing initially they were they were a bit worried but uh they do know that i know it better I know better than to uh, be careless with wearing my PPE, especially removing it. The removing part is the most important.
0: I guess it really takes a very supportive family for you to be able to go through this whole thing for a few months. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. My mom was actually telling me not to do it. But, you know, I apologise
0: and I said that I really have to. So being in a situation with such high risk of getting an infection and with the definitely not enjoyable attire and under high stress as well with the situation where people are not cooperating, how did it feel for you? Okay. um, Initially,
1: basically the entire time I was volunteering, people were complying by the that SOPs. That's when MCO was being uh, regulated. Right now with the RMCO, it's very frustrating to see people, um, you know, being very lax about things. It infuriates me, it's it's pissing off, you know, to see people not don't care. You know, I would go to the shops to get some food and the guy that's preparing the food wouldn't even wear his mask. You know, his chin would be wearing his mask. He wouldn't be covering his nose, Maybe see people walking around not wearing their masks you know i it's very it's very infuriating it it feels like my effort has gone to waste it feels exactly that i wish people would actually take the initiative you know like think about it really you know listeners out there think about all the sacrifices that we had to go through there are still some doctors that are actually volunteering right now and it's not easy on them at all look at where kada is look at where uh East Malaysia is right now. It's really, really bad. Yeah, just abide by the SOPs. I know that it's difficult. I know that uh, caution the Taji is a real thing. Sometimes I feel it too. But then I think about it, you know, I think about how there are still people fighting for us, you know, how a lot of people fought for us. Yeah, we just need to take a moment and think about this.
0: Going back to the period where you went through all the stress and emotions right would you like to share with us how did you manage it um i
1: like music music helps me calm down and be chill you know that was my only way up music until today yeah. 10 years ago it was music today during the pandemic it's music i just listen to music even when uh we're taking swabs at work we do play music in the background because music really helps people calm helps calm okay. people down that was my only way out of not being as stressed out as I was and actually talking to my colleagues about, about this, the colleagues
0: that I worked with, um, with COVID. Do you have um, any advice for the public to fight the pandemic together? I believe that if all of us play our respective small roles according in this situation, it will definitely contribute to a great and significant outcome. Yeah,
1: 100%. Um, I just wish that people would abide by the SOPs, that's all we need guys, wear your masks when you're like out, maintain a distance of at least one to two meters when you're out. I know everyone wants to be everywhere right now and maintaining physical distancing is a bit difficult. So if you feel like the place that you need to go is fully crowded, have patience, you know, don't push to go forward markets and stuff you know i see although there are real offices there but people are still not really abiding by their sops they're not maintaining a distance of at least one meter don't forget to sanitize your hands whenever and wherever possible carry a small hand sanitizer bottle with you uh, and wash your hands with soap very frequently very very frequently that's all listen to the advice that i'm giving you listen to the advice dr noor hisham is giving you you know until today he's really working very hard and let's not put his effort to waste right i'm sure everyone has noticed people know how hard he's worked he is much older than i am he's probably three times my age he is working so so hard for us let's think about that old man he is amazing i look up to him so let's let's think about all these people
0: he was even working on his
1: birthday <laughs> yeah he was he was. You, see, that's the sacrifices that we made. You, we worked on Labor Day, you know. Mm-hmm. So many other people are working on their birthdays. No one's complaining. We're just saying, please just listen to us.
0: I think definitely all the floodliners have sacrificed so many things just to fight this pandemic. Exactly. And
1: like, a lot of people actually do have families as well. And they're putting their families second right now. Malaysia is first to them. You know,
0: that's what I mean yeah so coming to the end of this podcast are there any funny or interesting stories that you would like to share with us during the time you were helping out with the screening Mm, okay interesting stories i gave
1: you the two interesting stories just now uh a funny story well i would think it's funny but it may be a bit uh it's not haha funny but it's oh my god are you serious funny (laughs) (laughs) okay so (laughs) this one day I was in KLIA this guy was my last patient the last passenger that came in he was very rude okay let's let's begin with that so you you know where where I'm going with this uh he came he sat down uh, on the chair and I was explaining everything to him uh, what I'm gonna do what he should expect yada 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 and um as I was putting the swab in his nose I was talking to him you know just to get him to calm down he swapped my hand, he pushed my hand away. And when he did that, the swab flew out of my hand. And right, so people are not really paying too much for us to swab them, we're giving them a cheaper price. And if the swab is gonna end up on the ground, I can't use it no more, right? So I got annoyed, you know, I told him off. I said, you know, you can't do that, you can't push my hand away, what if I hurt you, right? And you're you're paying such a reduced cost you know don't don't push my hand away because I really don't want to hurt you you might bleed if you're gonna push my hand away don't do that and he got angry at me and he said um, he was like no I don't want to do this I don't want to take the swab and I'm like I'm sorry you landed in Malaysia you know what's going on around the world right now and I need to take your swab whether you like it or not if you would cooperate it will not hurt it will be okay it'll be done in you know, over with within a few seconds and then he, he raises his voice at me and he says, you know, why didn't you tell me what you're going to do to me before you actually put it in my nose? I'm like, I was actually talking to you. I was telling you what I was doing. Uh, by the end of it, I just got it done and over with. Everyone had already left. I was the only doctor standing with my uh, assistant. I did it quickly and um, he left. So he was very rude. I did not appreciate him at all when he was leaving he was getting his stuff in a very angrily manner he was chucking his phones his phone and all that his documents his passport and all that so you get people like that who are unappreciated but you also do get people like the guy that was telling me to chill out it's okay i'll give you a minute i'll give you two minutes
0: take five if you need five you know so you get you get two very different people yeah, I believe most of them will be very understanding. But did the guy actually swing his hand because uh it felt like painful for him or? Or oh, it's just he oh, didn't actually... expect it and, and he was annoyed by that. Uh, actually, I had not actually put the
1: swab in too deep. I think he felt ticklish is when he swatted my hand away. It could not have been pain at all because I wasn't deep enough for him to feel pain. So it was just ticklish and maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't hear me because wearing the PPE, it's actually quite difficult for people to hear you unless you speak louder. I thought I was speaking loud enough, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe I
0: wasn't. You know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He probably didn't pay attention or anything.
1: Yeah, maybe. Could have been. That That's actually a funny story, but you just need to be there to, um, for it to be haha funny. <laughs>
0: yeah just yeah, laugh it I mean, off and not think about it. it it could have been a bad experience but like there are so much more positivity out there with nicer people that appreciate yeah yeah exactly yeah. especially if you have a team leader
1: who congratulates everybody who uplifts everybody at the beginning before we actually start swabbing beginning of the day and the end of the day i actually did have a like team leaders that were like that his name is dr saddam i'm gonna say that he is actually working in um, Putrajaya right now dr saddam was a very is a very good leader i respect him he made my sampling days my volunteering days amazing i wanted to go into work i every single day i wanted to go into work simply because of the team that i had
0: Thank you for sharing with us all these stories. It was wonderful to hear so much of insights from a frontliner. And we wouldn't really know what's happening and what all the frontliners have been doing for the country. And it's very selfless. And it's a great thing that you guys could do for Malaysia, for our country, for our community, just to keep us safe and all. Like, really, thank you all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I speak on
1: behalf of every single frontliner in Malaysia right now and I say thank you, thank you for appreciating us, thank you for listening to me today, I hope all the other listeners, you guys I hope you guys actually do take home a value, take home something with you after this podcast because you know, we want to be heard, like what Charlotte said, a lot of you do not know what's going on behind the scenes All all that you guys see is pictures of us, maybe a little bit of like snippets of videos of us swabbing and stuff but you really don't know what's happening behind closed doors and behind closed doors is how we feel emotionally how we feel mentally you know the constraints physical mental emotional constraints the sacrifices that we're actually making i hope after listening to this podcast you guys actually see it clearer because it's a lot it's a lot to take i'm sure it's not just me who would do it in a heartbeat again others would too. You know, we just, thank you Charlotte for appreciating us.
0: Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you guys do learn a thing or two. At least do appreciate all the healthcare professionals out there and especially the frontliners who are helping the country with this pandemic. Help us get through this simply by just doing your part, play your own very small role Wear your mask, wash your hands, and do social distancing. If you have any questions or concerns regarding COVID-19, feel free to visit our COVID Task Force on our DocTours app and chat with any healthcare professionals for free. Till then, stay safe and healthy.